is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning to you all. Good morning. It's great to have this chance again to bring God's word to us. Uh, we're going to be beginning our Easter series as we build up to the Easter weekend. Uh, I have the privilege of doing that and I'm going to get into that in a moment. Just to say my name is Martin, Martin Tibbet. If I don't know you, I bring greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's great to have this opportunity, not how we want to be doing it, but it's still great to have this opportunity to connect and serve one another in this way. But before we get into our sermon, I just want to quickly say Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there. I hope you're being blessed. I hope you're being spoilt. Also want to say, Mum, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So I need to get that one in as well. Uh, so yeah, hope you having a good day. I hope you enjoyed the video with the kids. Weren't they wonderful? As always. Uh, yeah, bless you, all of you, if you are a mum today. Now, our series uh, that we are going to focus on now, building up to Easter, we've called it this, The Difference It Makes. The Difference It Makes. The Difference Easter makes in our lives. You see, Easter weekend, the Easter story, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, is not just something that happened in history. It has an effect, a transforming effect, a life-changing effect to all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so we want to look at, well, what difference does this make in our lives today? Even in the midst of the challenges that we are experiencing, what difference does it make to us today? And we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John. And a number of us are going to be looking at different aspects of the difference that Easter makes in our lives, looking at John's account of this remarkable and life-changing story. And the title for today is Needing Hope needing hope. See, this sermon is about betrayal and denial. It's about two men, two friends, two mistakes, yet two very different destinies. It's about a man called Simon Peter and one called Judas, Judas Iscariot, we know him as. Both of them renounced their master on the night before his crucifixion. One found forgiveness, restoration, renewed hope, the other did not. But this sermon is also about universal hope, the need for universal hope, the need for forgiveness, the need for a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance and so on. You see, during this pandemic, maybe some of you are feeling strong. You, you, you've known God and, and, and you found God in the midst of these times. But others, you may feel more out of step with being a follower of Jesus. You haven't necessarily denied him or let alone betrayed him. But neither have you been strong in him. Some of us might have even messed up during this period. We might have disappointed ourselves or let others down. We might really need forgiveness, restoration, 
renewed hope. And you know that. You know that. For me, as I've said before, I, I have good days and I have other days at the moment. It's interesting. I find walking and praying uh, really helpful in, in just lifting my spirits. In fact, this week, uh, I found myself needing to go for a walk and needing to pray. And I, I did those two things together. And I was walking around where I live and I, I bumped into a, a, a good friend, another elder from another church. And it was really funny because he was saying that he equally was feeling a bit downbeat and, 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 and not you know, struggling to find God that day. And in fact, I think he said it was his wife. He said, you need to go out and walk and pray. You need to go and do that now. And so he'd gone out and we bumped into each other. And, you know, just meeting each other, encouraging one another that we were feeling similar. But actually, we'd uh, shared that we were both feeling that sense of God with us because we had had done what we had done. If you can identify with any of the above things I've mentioned, if that's where you are honestly today. You see, it's not about picking ourselves up. The Christian faith isn't about working harder. In fact, it's about allowing Jesus to pick us up. It's allowing us to know the life that comes from the death and the resurrection of our Lord. So let's get into the narrative that we're going to look at today. When we discover these two, uh, these two disciples, Simon Peter and Judas Iscariot, and see how they are so importantly intertwined into this story. Picture the scene. It was just before Passover and the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. Two of the disciples, Simon Peter and Jesus Iscariot, were there with the other disciples. And as the meal was being served, the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus was fully aware of this. Although at this point, he had not revealed this to anyone. Instead, Jesus was going to perform a lesson in humility by washing the disciples' feet. A remarkable, dramatic and powerful moment. But then the atmosphere changed and Jesus was clearly troubled in his spirit. And then referring to Judas, he said these words. I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples stared at one another. They were at a loss to, to know which of them he meant and what does he mean? And then they encouraged John, the writer of this narrative, to ask Jesus to say, who is it, Lord? Who is it, Lord? And Jesus answered this way. He said this. It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot. And not so long afterwards, 
Jesus turned to Judas and said, do what you're about to do quickly. And Jesus told Judas to go and he left. The evening carried on and Jesus spoke to the disciples there and talked about how they need to love one another. And that people would know him because of the love that they have for one another. But then Jesus mentioned that that he would be with them only a little longer and that where he was going, they could not follow. He was clearly referring to his death at Calvary. And then Simon Peter spoke up. Simon Peter is just a a delightful character and uh, just he's always first to speak and and, uh, often puts his foot in his mouth, if you know that expression. And uh, once again, he's he's not quick to think, but he's quick to speak. And Simon Peter says this, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now? Lord, he asked, I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, You will deny me three times that you even know me. See, Jesus in those few words was prophesying and predicting what was going to unfold in the coming days. He was saying that Simon Peter will deny him, but he was also saying that he would follow him later. Mixed into those words was an understanding of what Simon Peter was going to do, but also an understanding that Jesus was going to restore him. And Simon Peter was going to find himself in a place of needing hope, of needing restoration, of needing forgiveness, and was going to find it in Jesus. And so in those few moments, Jesus said, look, you're going to deny me. This is what's going to happen to the astonishment of Peter, but also He was encouraging, but you will follow me later. How much Simon Peter understood of all of that at that moment, we're not sure. But it was clear that Jesus fully understood how things were going to unpack in the coming days. Let's jump now to what happened. When what was uh, prophesied and described to Simon Peter becomes true and also what happened to Judas Iscariot and how he responded in that moment and sadly betrayed Jesus. I've asked Candy to uh, read from John chapter 18 to help us to get into this remarkable, tense moment in the life of Jesus and his followers. John chapter 18 verses 1 to 19 and 24. To 27. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches, lanterns and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realised all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. 
Who are you looking for? he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Melchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First, they took him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at that time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple, who knew the high priest, spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of the man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. And immediately a rooster crowed. So there you have it. Judas betrays Jesus to the authorities, which led him to his death on the cross. Simon Peter denies ever knowing Jesus. Two men, two friends, two mistakes, yet with two very different destinies. We know from the accounts in the Bible that Judas deeply regretted his decision and his actions, but he never returned back to Jesus and sadly ended his own life. Whereas Simon Peter was not only remorseful, but he was repentant. He recognised the mistake he had made. And we read wonderfully at the end of John's account how Jesus beautifully reinstates Simon Peter. 
This is after the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus interacts with Simon Peter and he says these words amongst many others. He says this, Simon, he says this, do you truly love me? Simon Peter replies, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. As I said at the beginning of this sermon, this this sermon is about our universal need for hope, our universal need for forgiveness, a need for a second chance, a, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth, a sixth. We've all we've all made mistakes. We've all found times, and maybe you feel this now, where you feel just out of step with being a follower of Jesus. As I said before, it's not like you've denied him or betrayed him, but you know you haven't been strong and you haven't been close with him. And maybe this has been a time when you haven't been like this, but it feels like you've moved further and further away from him. That account between Jesus and Simon Peter importantly happened after the Easter weekend. When we think of our own situation and our need for hope, our need for forgiveness, our need for restoring a relationship with God. We do that in the light of Easter weekend. You see, the truth is every Sunday morning we celebrate Easter Sunday. I know we've got Easter Sunday coming up in a few weeks time, but did you realise that every Sunday is a celebration of Easter Sunday? Because Jesus is alive. He's paid the price. He's built a path of us to know our Father in heaven. As we place our trust in him, we find renewed hope. We find restoration of a relationship with our Father in heaven. We find forgiveness. We find fresh purpose. We find freedom. We find all those things and so, so much more. So in the same way that Jesus approached Simon Peter after the resurrection, the same is true for us after the resurrection. That we can know that strength in God that we all desperately need. I love to finish with leading us in prayer. But I want to begin by asking you a question. In fact, the question that Jesus asked Simon Peter. He said to Simon Peter, do you truly love me? Do you truly love God? I want to allow us to respond in our hearts just in a moment of stillness and then I'll pray for us. Let's come to God and let's respond to that question as Jesus asks us, do you truly love me? Let's respond. Thank you, God. Lord God, we thank you that you are a God of grace. We thank you, Father, that 
our need for forgiveness, our need for hope, our need for restoration is completely and wonderfully fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ, your son. We thank you for his death and his resurrection. And Lord God, our response is, Lord, you know all things. You know that we love you. We thank you, God, that when we stray from you, when we find things difficult, uh, when things begin to become too much, Lord, we thank you that the answer is not for us to pick ourselves up. The answer is for us to place our trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And as he, uh, his resurrected body comes up, we are lifted up with him. We thank you, God, that you are the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances and on. And Lord, we thank you that you are God who deeply, deeply loves us. Lord God, you know all things. You know that we love you. Amen. Amen. Well, we're done. God bless you. It's wonderful to have this chance to connect. Hopefully not too far away. We'll be able to be able to see each other once again, face to face. Looking forward to that day. Uh, but until then, trust you have a great week and uh, God bless you. See you again soon. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.